Thanks for tuning in to the Boiler Express podcast. Join us each week as we dive into all things Purdue sports. You'll hear in-depth analysis of our previous and upcoming games, as well as interviews with players and people involved in the Purdue sports fandom. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and YouTube for our live stream shows as well. Welcome back to another episode of the Bowler Express podcast. I'm your host, the Ultimate Bowler. As always, we've got uh, the crew with me. We've got Frank, Russ, Dylan. Uh, we're without Chris tonight. He's at a, what would you call it, Dylan? The NARC convention. <laughs> He's at a NARC convention in uh, Las Vegas. So, Chris, we hope you're having a great time with all your NARC friends and uh, stuff. Um, the least yeah, fun so- party ever <laughs> but yeah just wanted to, to do a, a quick podcast tonight kind of talk about the uh so last week we talked about weeks uh one and two we're going to talk about weeks uh three and four um, but before we get into anything first i want to shout out our partnership uh big banter sports uh your one-stop shop for all things big 10 sports uh we've got all of the football uh guys locked down so far this year and i know that they're working on basketball right now so um good things big things are coming uh their way or our way with a uh, big banner so shout out to big banner and uh make sure you follow them and um stay stay uh in tune with them for all the latest stuff going on in the big 10 and then i want to shout out our sponsorship as well cincy blitz boards a boilermaker owned business uh it's a really fun um would you call it like a yard game almost like a something you would take to tailgates uh a good tailgate game something you would take to like a family cookout um just a really good time and uh so yeah shout out to uh cincy blitzboards you can follow them at blitzboards on twitter and dm them currently to um get yours today so um but yeah let's get into it guys how's first of all how's everybody doing how's your week's been fantastic it's hot it's too hot i'm ready for fall weather I'm sweating too much. I'm not happy. It, it has been very, very hot. It's miserable. It's not big dude weather, and it stinks. It's, it's really not. not. No, you no. guys, you guys are slim. What are you talking about? Okay. Russ <laughs> is a male model. What do we? Oh, look, a compliment, Russ. Not wow. an old joke. Not Did an you know who you were talking to there? What's going on? We got to get Chris yeah. off the pod more. You're nicer to me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't I, have Chris to help me pick on you. I finally feel 100 percent um because I was sick last week. It was terrible, but I'm yeah, we thought we were gonna have to find a new host there for a second. <laughs> it was getting it wasn't gonna it was, be me. It wasn't gonna be Dylan, yeah. No, no, it wasn't gonna be me. <laughs> really, it's it's one thing before you host a podcast, and then the the three, two, one, and then you're just like <laughs> it's a deer in headlights man oh i don't know how you do it but you do it especially good. when you don't have the intro ready it's just like, oh god uh, that was that was, i would have just i would have turned it off i would have been like all right guys have fun i'm out of, I'm out of here yeah i don't know what was going on i got tested for all sorts of stuff flu strep covid it all came back negative so just some really nasty sucky virus that i had for a week so um but yeah, let's go ahead and kick it off. Uh, like I said earlier, we are talking today about weeks three and four. Uh, so Russ, who are we playing? So week three, uh, Saturday, September 16th, we play our return game at home against the Syracuse Orange. Uh, this one's actually the first night game of the year. So it'll be 7.30 kickoff nice. is what it's set for. Um, Syracuse uh, went seven and six last year, four and four in conference, finished third in their Atlantic division. Pulled out a controversial 33-29 to victory at home against us last year with a 25-yard touchdown pass with just seven seconds left. Mm. The big storyline was the penalties in that game. 
I think uh, Purdue was called for 13 with uh, 144 yards of uh, penalty yardage, uh, including the back-to-back penalties on our last, what was our go-ahead score, that had us kicking off at our own 10-yard line and set up that last drive for them. Um, Garrett Schrader, you know, was lowered as a as a big-time quarterback and, and was a threat. Obviously, Sean Tucker was kind of neutralized by our defense. But Garrett Schrader didn't really have that great of a game against us. He was 13 of 29 for 181 yards, but did have three touchdowns. And he led them with 83 yards on the ground. But it felt like we bottled him up and he just made the big play when he needed to. But for mm-hmm. the majority of the game, I felt like 90% of the game, we we had our way with him on defense. Um, but yeah, they uh, lost to Minnesota in their bowl game, uh, the bad boy Mowers Bowl in Yankee Stadium, 28-20. Uh, to 20. Uh, they're kind of opposite of Fresno State, right? Like Fresno State, we talked about they started one and four, and they yeah. finished ten and four. Well, Syracuse started six and zero, oh, and they finished seven and six. So, mm-hmm. yeah, wasn't there some one. wasn't there some talk of like them being a, a like a championship level team at some point? Yeah, because like, uh, it was at one point Penn State and Syracuse were both undefeated, and they were both kind of heartbreaking losses for us. But they were also both like top ten or like top twelve teams. Um, I think like five weeks in the season. So yeah, they were, they thought they were going to be great. And then they got smacked by Clemson and that just kind of started a run of um, bad games for them. So um, and in, in that game, I mean, like two, two things stick out to me, just like in my immediate memory. One was, uh, it was Payne Durham, you know, getting that 15 yard unsportsmanlike penalty and then Brom uh, reacting to that resulting in another 15 yard penalty. Just want to share a little, little anecdote uh, about that particular play. Um, so, uh, Got got this little little autograph here from Payne, um, and uh, when when I got this, I actually asked him. I said, "What did you say that warranted that fifteen yard penalty?" And he just kind of laughed and said, "I don't remember." And Payne, <laughs> I know you're listening. I think you do remember, and I would love <laughs> to know what that was. Tell the people uh, we need to know. Yeah, because whatever it was, it, the referee decided it was a fifteen yard uh, yard penalty. And uh, Russ, you have a better memory than I do about the specifics of, of plays. Um, there was a play where uh, we had stopped them on fourth down and someone got a late hit, uh, which led to a Syracuse score. Um, that Those are the two things that stick out to me about that game because that was so frustrating. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, you, you mentioned the back-to-backs there, but the one that stood out to me was the one that set them up on the 25-yard line with seven seconds left. Because mm-hmm. even up to that point, it was like, we still got this in the bag. Like they, they might, they might be able to kick a long field goal, but then they had that late hit that took them from, you know, basically outside of field goal range. Cause you're talking about being on the, what the 40 or the 41 was it where they're at. So that's, you know, you're talking about a 56 yard, 57 yard field goal in college is not very makeable. Um, just ask Ohio state. I'm sorry. Um, but um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> uh, it was, it was still looking good for us. And then that penalty just kind of, you know, took the wind out of our sails. And then I think the next player, like two plays later, was that 25-yard touchdown pass. So. I still don't get why, because they were in man coverage on that final play too, weren't they? They weren't in like any kind of a zone or cover or anything like that. Um, uh, no, I, I believe we had we had a safety over the top. I think we did. I, we didn't, I don't think we went full man without help of the top. But um, yeah, the penalties were definitely controversial in that game. Not just those three we mentioned, but it felt like there was a, a couple of big pass interference penalties. When, you know, there was people, I think, posting on Twitter videos of our receivers basically getting played the exact same way that their receivers got played. But they were calling defensive pass interference on us, but we weren't getting the calls when we were on offense. So it was one of those games that it felt like was getting, kind of getting called two ways. Right. Um, and then I 
didn't Charlie Jones play like injured for a lot of that game or hurt or something? I thought he got pretty banged up. Yeah, like half the season, it felt like he was maybe not suiting up, and then he'd suit up and get 120 yards and eight catches and a touchdown or something. Yeah, yeah. So they're coming to town. Do they have a lot of? Uh, do they have a lot of transfers? Do they hit the transfer portal, portal hard? Or I know you said that was kind of the difference between them and like Fresno State. So are they pretty well the same team from last year? Uh, well, at the top, as far as their quarterback goes, yes, Garrett Schrader is returning. Um, I think he's a senior this year. But Sean Tucker did graduate, and they did lose three starters on the O-line. Um, but they returned seven starters on defense. Their defense is still going to be pretty similar to what we faced last year. Um, and they have their top receiver coming back, uh, Orand- Orande, Orando Gadsden. Sorry if I butchered that name. Nailed it. Um, he was the one that actually had the 25-yard game winner against us too. But he had uh, 61 catches for 969 yards and six touchdowns last year. And I think their third leading receiver returns as well. So they still got a decent pass game returning. It's kind of a question mark who's going to run the ball, aside from Schrader, of course. Schrader, Schrader might be their leading rusher this year. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's it's going to be a little bit different for us defensively too because we've got, you know, again, we talked about the rushing quarterbacks and the dual threat guys that we might face in the first two games. Having Walters with a defensive front that's kind of hard to guess and is kind of ready for anything, I think we're going to be a lot better equipped to face these dual threat guys than we have historically in the past. So um, I, I feel pretty good of these two games that we're going to talk about tonight. I feel a lot better about this one, obviously considering the historic, you know, background of the other game, but um, yeah, I feel pretty good about this one. Being able to get this one back. Do you guys have any uh, score predictions? I know we didn't do that last week, but I just thought of it. Does anybody have a uh, score prediction for, for this game? Boilers by a billion. I always like that prediction. Boilers by mm-hmm. a billion. Yeah. Well, like it's yeah. you know I'm looking at I'm looking at PFF and you know for anyone who doesn't know PFF is the company Perfect. owned by uh, Chris Collinsworth Pro Football Focus. Um, they they do a, mm-hmm. yeah they they do yeah. a lot of really cool um, re, re, a really a lot of really cool analytics and data behind football. Um, cool. So they you know they um, it, let's say a quarterback throws a ball and it hits the receiver right in the hands and the receiver drops it. Um, you know the receiver gets penalized. The quarterback doesn't. Uh, and so that's ah. it, 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 so that it sort of factors things like that uh, in, in, in the stats. But uh, just looking at last year's game against Syracuse, our best performing defender was Branson Dean, uh, who uh, you know unfortunately is gone now. But uh, number two is actually Scotty Humpich, uh, Humpick. I've heard it pronounced both ways. So uh, Scotty, I apologize. I know I pronounced it incorrectly at least once, but you know that's really encouraging to see. Uh, Lawrence Johnson was up there, um, Cam Allen and Corey Trice, uh, top five. Uh, defensive players in that game so what was um, the fourth name what was that cam allen cam allen okay. yeah um it was one of <laughs> one one of his better games and uh you know he uh he, he he showed up so good for him uh jack sullivan's also up there um you know and that's that's interesting to have him up there so high and being that he was actually the one i did look it up he was the one who had the late hit mm-hmm. on fourth down to um you know to give him a first down but um Man, I really, he's 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 one guy I really I will really miss. I wish he was in the black and gold again. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of guys now. That I totally like spaced all these guys that have left: Jack Sullivan, Lawrence Johnson, Branson Dean. God, man, I miss those guys. Dogs, and then and then on the O line too, uh, losing uh, Spencer Holstage. Uh, he, I mean, I, I said it so many times last season. He was the unsung hero of the team. Like, hadn't given up a single sack all season. You know, losing him and Eric Miller is just. That's tough, but 
uh, Walters can recruit. I mean, uh, I, 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 I've, I've said this, uh, I feel like some people maybe, maybe that I'm talking to right now will agree with me. Uh, I don't know how the rest of the Purdue fan base feels, but I feel like our floor for recruiting has, has gone up a notch. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know about our ceiling still. I think we are just as high as maybe as it was under our previous coach. Uh, but the floor is definitely up, though. I think oh, now man. we, ex- I think now we expect to get at least a couple of four stars every year. Yeah, a man once said the ceiling is indeed the roof, so you never know. Yeah, <laughs> shout out Michael Jordan. But I just, you know, under under uh, Co- Coach Chef Brom, I'll say his name. We, uh, you know, we would like the floor was lower. Maybe the ceiling was a little bit higher. I mean, we really like you take away Rondell Moore, you take away George Karloftis. The ceiling is is one hundred percent the same, and and like time will tell whether we get another George Karloftis or another, you know, Rondale Moore. The, so the was Hazel like the seller? Like was he the, was he the basement? See, yeah. I don't think Hazel players were that bad. I think they were they just really that's twice. Coached. That's twice we just said his name. Come on, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll throw salt over my back later. <laughs> this is something that always pains me to think about too. Um, Two quarterbacks who played under Hazel both left and went and started in the SEC. Yep, Etling and Appleby. Yep. And they played each other. And they played against each other, too. And I'm like, like, what are we doing wrong? Like, We had both of these guys on our roster. Yeah. And one of them's still in the NFL. Etling's still in the NFL. Etling's uh, fighting for Jordan Love's backup spot with the Packers. Yeah. He's actually, um, uh, I think, uh, Dylan's first draft pick in our fantasy football league. <laughs> right? Probably. Yeah. Okay. We'll see how that goes. Do we we need more members for that? Don't we? We should uh, pub. We should pub that. Yeah, yeah. We, we should. got Jawan Bentley as well, oh, so uh, who's in the NFL and has been having a very good NFL career, by the way. Hey, we got a couple boilers on my Bengals. Chuck Sizzle, Marcus Bailey, and I'm a yeah, I'm a shameless Steelers fan. I'm really happy to have my favorite Purdue player in the black and gold, black and yellow, uh, in the NFL this season. Bryson comes to play. The Rams come to uh, Cincinnati this year. I may have to go to that game. Friend of the pod. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll meet you there. Yeah. Friend well, of the pod. Let's all go. Yeah, it's a hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah, hour and a half drive for me. I'll meet you, I'll meet you in Cincinnati to watch Bryson play. Yeah, Russ, you're even invited. I'm yeah. a Bengals fan now. I better be invited. I don't know. That star behind you says otherwise, sir. <laughs> I can't ever like if something some if somebody's talking about something behind me and I try to point to it, I, I'm always wrong. It really messes you up. I was doing it b- before the podcast and I was like Mackie yeah. pointing to Mackie. Well, yeah, I mean you're smart. Show off. Before we move on uh to our, our next opponent is one of my most hated opponents. Um, I do want to get, take this opportunity to shout out uh, some of our listeners. Uh, I think it's fun from time to time to look uh, on our RSS feed and see where people are listening to us at. Uh, come to find out we're really popular in Belgium. Uh, so um, I know all you you Belgian um, listeners out there, uh, we really appreciate your support. Uh, I did so purchase wanted- a Belgian flag, forgot to put it up. That's all yeah. me. Yeah, and and it, it's it's totally legitimate. It's totally not just you know people using a VPN. I'm sure very financially uh, uh, responsible. I am, but we're we, you know we we have listeners all over the place. We're we're fairly popular in uh, Nicaragua as a as a big uh, Purdue country, France, Spain, Jamaica. I mean, just uh, yeah. so uh, really, I really appreciate the support internationally. We're really, an international program. I mean, you've been traveling all over the world, big brain Bourdain over there. I've been spreading the word all over the yeah. spreading the gospel to boiler. Yeah. 
so uh, uh the so yeah we uh, we we have had four uh, listeners in spain Spaniards. shout out spain gracias gracias <laughs> hey uh gracias <laughs> you sound like the guy that nobody likes that goes out to eat at like a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> uh, can I have the uh, quasadilla, please? Yeah. Gracias, uh, senor. Yeah. Gracias. Uh, yeah, <laughs> to our to our Spanish listeners, I will be in Spain in October. Love to love to meet up with you. Put a face to a to a name, or you know. Oh, you are going to Spain. Yeah, yeah, going to Spain and October. Where have you been? Yeah, of course. Spain, of course. She's like, sorry guys, I can't be on the podcast. I'm in somewhere other than the midwest sorry way to land that joke way to land that joke good job well no you guys are technically in the south aren't you technically yeah uh, yeah i feel like is Louisville kentucky considered the, the south it yeah. is and like i mean uh i'm right on the border so I, I i go i go like two miles north and i'm in the midwest and it's really yeah. strange yeah, i will like say it is funny that you know i like we're really close i'm really close to the border as well to kentucky and so like i hire a lot of people that will come from kentucky to work and literally a 20 minute drive across the bridge and their accent is so different. It's howdy y'all. And deep, 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 deep. How you <laughs> doing? That's where yeah. my, my mom's side of the yes. family's from, man. I, I'm bilingual. I can speak whatever that is and regular English sometimes, not all the time. I can't type it. That's for sure. I, I don't do words good. So before we go to our next game though, I did write a couple of topics down that I wanted to, to get y'all's thoughts on. So number one, um, Illinois hires Jim Leonard as a senior analyst for, uh, I think senior defense analyst or just senior analyst in general. Um, not gonna lie, I'm kind of shocked to see him take a position that's not more like hands-on coaching. It's kind of shocked about that. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, that was my immediate reaction. It was like, oh, Jim Leonard's fallen pretty hard. I mean, no disrespect to Jim Leonard, but like, I, I that's not what I expected to hear when I saw you know Illinois hired Jim Leonard. Right, like not even as a defensive coordinator or yeah. anything, just as a mm-hmm. uh, an, an an analyst. Um, yeah, I was surprised he didn't take a. I, was, I wonder. I wonder if there's like a, a good reason, to like why Wisconsin didn't move forward with him and why he's not been hired somewhere else, or if it's just you know bad well, luck. Well, Luke Luke Fickle's a pretty big name, so I think if if you can get a guy like that, you know, it does trump some other candidates. But it might just be a feature where or a uh, situation where. It was so late in the game that he just had to take some position to still be attached to football this year, and then he's going to look for a position, you know, come October, November, when their coaches are getting fired earlier before the end of the season, and then he can kind of pounce on one of those jobs. Because now it feels like the coaching shift and the coaching hiring is doing is done more late November, early December now, whereas it used to be like in the off season. But now it's like, you know, you gotta you gotta hire your guy the first week of December as soon as you get done with your last game. And sometimes it's like before your last game, you've already interviewed the guy. And then as soon as the final whistle blows, you're announcing your new coach. So yeah. he might've just been, you know, behind the ball a little bit as far as getting into some of these, uh, these job searches and um, putting his name in for some of these roles that were out there. So I remember he was on my short list for Purdue uh, last year when they were looking for their coach uh, in the off season. He, I think it was him. Uh, my dream list was like Garrett Riley, the offensive coordinator from TCU. I think he's now at Clemson. Um, and honestly, and I had Orgeron. Uh, no, I didn't know that would be Dil- Dylan. Dylan probably had Ed Orgeron on his. Oh, list. I absolutely did. Go Boilers! Go Boilers! Yeah, I just want to hear him say "Go Boilers" every five seconds. Like, I, I just imagine 
every like five seconds go boilers and i'd be like yes dude. <laughs> yes boil a gumbo i don't know whatever it's like saying. uh who's that who's the celebrity that you uh retweeted their video of them swing saying boiler up they're like some race car drivers tony canon really some race car driver that's i don't watch racing dude i'm not i don't watch cars uh, go around in a circle for whoa three hours whoa okay we our most our most watched city is the city of Indianapolis, and you're gonna mm. down them on the Indy 500. You hate sorry. America. That's what that is. <laughs> sorry, I didn't know you were communist. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Damon's not guy. He's very American. So <laughs> America. on the subject of coaches and and former coaches, um, what what happened with Jim Harbaugh? I I, I caught yeah, like, I some headlines. I haven't looked into it. But he he said some things that something maybe recruiting true, related, or, right? I don't know. Vacate last year's Big Ten championship, and you know, all is well in my book. I, but it just like what a what a what a stupid punishment! Like like so he he misses the first four games. Who did they play in their first four? Games? He misses the preseason. That's what he misses. I may be mistaken, but I believe it has to do with something about like buying a meal for a incoming recruit, right? Well, Perspective recruit. So yeah, it's especially lame when you consider that these guys are signing six figures, sometimes seven figures NIL deals, and you can't buy an incoming prospective recruit. But meal. a few years ago, didn't like, Harbaugh like did he joke. spend the night at a recruit's house? Like that's yeah. fine. Okay, a grown man can spend the night in a kid's that's room, weird. but he buys him a burger, and all hell breaks loose. Like what are we? What, that doesn't I, make sense. I, I don't. We're talking he, about Jim Harbaugh, not Pat Fitzgerald. I don't know what. <laughs> I don't, I don't oh, think man. he stayed in his room, Dylan. <laughs> Just do what? I don't think he slept in his room, man. <laughs> no, no, right? No, Frank. He had a, he had a hey, sleeping bag. Hey, yeah. Are you still you awake? Hey, so I just I just drew up this new play. What do you think? I think I'm gonna have you slip uh, slide right in here into the slot, and uh... <laughs> I think Whoa. I think you'll be great. <laughs> Sorry, no. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Wow! Okay, this is a family pause, dude. guys. This is, this is all about pause. football. Okay, <laughs> this Nasty. is football talk only. <laughs> you could have picked, you know, we had a wide route. Chris for didn't you. even hear, and this is going off the rails. <laughs> well, and, and looking at looking at their schedule, they play East Carolina. Okay, they can win that game without Jim Harbaugh. Power then they else. play a winnable game. UNLV, winnable who game? they can also beat without Jim Harbaugh. Then they play. It gets crazy now. Then they play Bowling Green. Oh God, who they can beat without An Jim action. Harbaugh? And then Rutgers, mighty Rutgers. Yep. Yeah, so, I uh, I actually tweeted out um, kind of another shot, and we talked about it with, I think when uh, uh, Brant was on here uh, about how weak Michigan's schedule is. They basically schedule like the SEC does, where outside of their conference games they schedule nobodies. So it's almost baked in that if they lose a guy for a suspension in the first four to six games, it doesn't matter because their schedule is front loaded with cupcakes, and so they're good. They'll take the risk and go, hey, if he gets suspended. He'll miss games that don't matter anyways. You're saying you know, East Carolina is a cupcake? How dare you? Mighty Pirates. <laughs> Mighty Pirates. You know, I'm not going to lie. I uh, Sometimes I, I, I think about, like, I know one that was one of the big things that when Brom came in, he was like, we're playing a tough schedule every year. We're going to play the best of the best. I'm always like, you know, I, I wouldn't mind just, like, getting some false hope one year, just starting off 4 or 5-0 and oh, and yeah. just being like, wow, this is it. We're changing times. Are, and then we just play some, like, play Ohio State and just get gobsmacked. So the uh, the IU plan? You, yeah, you I was going to say the yeah. IU plan. Yeah, just uh, – Hey, by like, the way, isn't Bloomington in our, like, top three of, of 
I thought where you're going with that Bloom- earlier. Bloomington is number three uh, in our wow. in our list of, of uh, specific cities where we have listeners. Yeah, shout Ooh. out to Often Donna and uh, Leo Podcast for tuning in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, we very you guys. much appreciate that. Bloomington it, loves us. We'll go there on tour. It is it is the cycle right of an IU football season with respect to how their fans act. They go they go three and zero because they play three three cupcakes and then their fans say, you know, we should be ranked, you know, we're going to win the big 10 and then they don't win another game. I mean, it just like, it happens every year. I, I what was it, like five or six years ago, they barely beat a, a bad Michigan state team at home in overtime. And like their whole, all 500 fans that were there freaked out and, you know, IU football is back and, all this back, stuff. Back there's, to what? When, when, there's yeah, there's I mean, more you, bird you, poop in that stadium you, than anything. You have to have been somewhere to, to return there. You know, you can't say like we're back when you like how how do they do whenever like uh Antoine Randall uh, was there? I mean, they, like that's really the only like kind of era of IU football that but they, they were, were probably just like what Purdue was under like they were what were i mean were they like seven, eight win teams, or did they win like nine, ten games a season? Find whenever I'll find out. Well he he um I think they beat Purdue one year and I think it was because he played like a year longer than Breeze did. So I think maybe like the year after Breeze left oh. they won't they beat us, but another thing I want to talk about these Purdue uh the Boilermaker Alliance subscription service that they're coming out with now. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, Russ said he was signing up for the fifteen hundred dollar a month one. So <laughs> way to go, Russ. That a boy. As soon as Dylan sends me his credit card info, yep, gonna be signed up. Well, I guess I'll I'll text that to you. I'll pigeon it to you. No, but it is. I mean, like I'm all about supporting the NIL and all, but I just wonder what it's gonna be like because I'm thinking of the way they're they're structuring this, or at least what it sounds like to me is like a like a Patreon. If somebody has a Patreon, it's like if you're a love, if you pay five dollars a month, you get access to this and this. If you pay ten dollars a month, you get this, this, and this. It's like if you're paying fifteen hundred bucks a month, are you sitting in on coaches' meetings every week? Buddy, I better have a spot on the team for fifteen hundred a month. I mean, I just want to be the backup kicker. I mean, that's you get to like fly the private jet whenever they. Yeah, okay, uh, that's exactly. I want want the private jet and I want a headset on the sidelines for fifteen hundred hundred dollars a month. You got me sold with the headset and the and the private jet. I want the uh, the Coach Walt treatment. I want to get picked up in. Uh, I want to go from West Lafayette and fly the private jet just to to Champagne. Oh, yeah, that's good. All, yeah. all of an eight minute flight. Yeah. Oh, every away awesome. game, I better be able to use. That's a good point. Every away game, you use the private jet. Bada bing, bada. We'll take it to Virginia Tech. It'll fit because it goes us. from twenty five dollars. I think is the very first level, all the way up to fifteen hundred for like the Founders Club or something. Which like even twenty five is pretty steep. I mean, when you're in the grand scheme of things, you know. Damon, is that the $1,500 one, the one that you can call a play on Saturdays or something that you said? Yeah, that's what that's I said. That's a terrible idea. What do we, what do they do? That's such a bad, I just throw a damn Hail Mary. <laughs> no, for, um, for, for $10,000 a month, you can, uh, you can set the basketball starting lineup for one game of the season. Oh, can you yeah. imagine? So somebody would donate ten thousand dollars. Like we're playing zone tonight, boys. That one guy who called into the Matt Painter show is going to do that. <laughs> hey, this would be the one year that I would I would be okay with any of the guys in our rotation starting a game. Like seriously, yeah. Everybody was crapping on that old man, but I'm you know he kind of had a point at the end of the year. <laughs> they kind of didn't do that great shooting threes. 
take more mid ranges. <laughs> not to get into that or anything, but not to open that can of worms. <laughs> but Damon, to answer your previous question, Antoine Randall, 1998 first season, uh-huh. IU went four and seven. Perfect. 1999, nice. his second season. Again, they go four and seven. Fantastic. Now we go to 2000 Y2K. The world's going to end. They go They're three going. and eight. That was Historic. it. Yeah. 2001, his senior year, five and six. They did beat Purdue that year, too. It went five. Oh. So like, they never, he never had a winning season. That's and that's crazy because I just remember like he was like the heralded like guy. Yeah. Like, he's like yeah. their Drew Brees, for lack of a better term. But even then, they don't talk about him a whole lot. Like, mm-hmm. you never, like, I feel like the, average college football follower wouldn't have realized that he attended IU or played at IU. Who was it that you said, wasn't there a recruit that was like, I wouldn't have even known what Purdue was unless until like the, it was like the Purdue Ohio state 2018 game. They were like, I would, I didn't even know who Purdue was until I like went for a visit or something like what it wasn't like Sanusi Kane or something. He like didn't know Purdue existed. <laughs> That's not great. I hope not. Cause I love Sanusi Kane. That, that would, that would, would hurt in my soul if that was. I could have sworn you said something about like, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else, um, or maybe he wasn't interested in in Purdue until because he was like there. Like that was the game he came on a visit on or something. Oh uh, no, there was game. there was a recruit who who said that like that was like he remembered watching that game on TV and like that was like like a statement game for him. It was like oh like this is oh, a, okay this is a program that's that's on the rise right now. I mean because we like, I mean I I, I remember like we were taking shots before that game it was like oh we have nothing to lose like we just if we lose we lose if we win great but like no one thought we were gonna win you know like realistically so i wish i was on the podcast after that game oh man i would have been talking all sorts of smack who was the transfer from purdue that transferred to i think miami and said uh branson dean branson dean and he's like the weather here is better in west lafayette and you're like well, I would, uh, I would yeah. hope so. I would hope. Wait till, so. wait till that hurricane yeah. rolls in. Yeah, wait till that hurricane <laughs> gets there. Well, and not not even that. He even he said he went as far as to say that the city of Miami is better than the city of West Lafayette. I sure hope so. Yeah, I mean, I love West Lala, but I won't argue. If you that. like high crime rates, and you know, <laughs> what are you saying, West Lafayette's Mayberry? Like, what? Are they- <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Purdue fans were offended by that, and I'm like, I mean, no. Like, if you're if you're a college student, you would much rather live in Miami than you would West Lafayette, Indiana. Like, yeah, unless you're like a homegrown, like one of us that just like, and even then, um. Yeah, I feel like unless you're one of those guys that's like homegrown, you're born and bred to love Purdue. I I don't I think you would definitely pick Miami over Purdue every time. But um, week four, who comes to town, Russ? Um, the team that has our number, Wisconsin Badgers, and they actually come into town on a Friday night, so it's a Friday night game, another primetime game, uh, seven p.m. Uh, was it the the following week, there's not an off week between Syracuse and Wisconsin, but uh, Wisconsin kind of underachieved last year, uh, seven and six as well, just like Syracuse. Uh, four and five, they finished fifth in the Big Ten West. Um, beat Purdue 35 24. I won't get too much into the game because somebody in this chat and uh, actually went to that game. But uh, the controversial thing in that game for me was the terrible coverage by ESPN, how they always stack their dang games. And so if a game goes a little bit long, you're going to miss half the first quarter of the game they're actually wanting to watch. So by the time you turned on, 
Yeah, by the time you turn on the Purdue Wisconsin game, it was 14 nothing Wisconsin. So then it's like, okay, well, I'm gonna go grab something neat real quick because the game's on now. You come back, it's 21 nothing. You're like, what the heck's going on? Okay, the second quarter we'll turn it around. A minute in the second quarter, it's 28 to three, and you're like, okay, well, game's already over. This is great. But so, uh, but from the time we were down 14 nothing, we actually outscored them. Yep, that's what I was gonna say. So from and even from the time 28 three, we outscored them 21 to seven after it was 28 to three. Good old moral victory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that uh, was, that oh, was just a game that because I spoiler alert, I was the one at that game. That, that was just a game where it was like, who like who are we? Like that that's what we kept asking is like like we just look like a completely different team than we did, you know, the week before, which uh I is lost on me who we played the week before. Was it Minnesota, right? That we yeah the week before. Mm-hmm. We we uh, actually won four straight before before that game. Going into that game, we had a four game win streak. For, and so, like, we we had just beat Minnesota, again, a team that I think that was undefeated. Yeah, we and a lot of people too. were saying should be, uh, you know, should be um, uh, in, in the in the talk for a potential, you know, uh, college football playoff team. And, and, and then that, you know, that fell apart, as it always does. But uh, it was just like, who are we? I mean, like, O'Connell threw that, that pick six at the beginning. It just, it just, no one looked in sync. But, but Mock Train had a really good game. Mock Train. Uh, yeah, he went for 100 really plus. Well. Yeah. I think the story of that game was the big plays that uh, we just gave up, you know, bad turnovers and then big plays because one of the telling stats from that game was Wisconsin had only one trip to the red zone. They put up 35 points with only one trip to the red zone. They turned that one trip into a touchdown, but that's, it was big plays, right? The pick six and it had like a long return, I think for a touchdown. Um, So yeah, it was just the big plays. We played well. Again, it was kind of like the Syracuse game. It felt like, you know, we we had control of most of the game. It was just we put ourselves in too big of a hole to start the game, uh, and then still gave up one or two big plays the rest of the way, and and just couldn't get back into it. But so, another yeah. thing that that I remember specifically about that game uh, and being there, and I know we talked about it on here, was just how banged up the team was at that time. I mean, That's true too. The injury tent was up constantly, uh, and like you know, you'd see guys hobble off the sidelines, like into the injury tent. And then they'd hobble back, you know, onto the field. Um, then they are not a, clearly not a hundred percent. Think Jack Sullivan was in the tent like five or six times during that game. Charlie Jones is in and out the entire time. Uh, basically, the entire uh, D line was in there. Sid Nor was in and out several times. Uh, Branson Dean was in and out. So we, it was just very clear that we were very tired, very worn down, very beat up. And I think that was the game before our bye week. Um, so we we like desperately needed we needed that crawling to the finish line. Yeah. But it had it had that same kind of storyline of every Purdue Wisconsin game that you know Wisconsin's just going to run the ball uh, and in the first quarter it's going to look like you know we can stop them and then come fourth quarter they're getting four or five yards of carry and just marching their way down the field and it's so frustrating because you know it, it and at the beginning of the game it feels like we have a chance and then they just they just continue to cycle in O line and like we just don't have the D line depth uh, even though I feel like we did have pretty good D line depth last season. Uh, we just don't have the depth to to match up with their offensive line. I really hope that's something that's different uh, with Coach Walters and condi- strength and conditioning. Um, I know every team goes through. You know, you're playing football twelve weeks out of the year. You're getting you know uh, almost consecutively. You're getting banged up, but it felt like every year it was like, what was it, 2019 or 2018, where it was like half a roster was out, down and out. I mean, Sindelar and Moore. They were both down on the year. same play. Oh, well, yeah, I've never been in a stadium 
where it felt like everyone was like <gasps> at the same you were at that time. game too yeah yeah, yeah it, was well, it was one of the like top five worst moments of in ross saying yeah. those two getting injured at the same exact time yeah so i'm hoping and Cinnador was on a record tear to start that season right like he was yeah. leading the the uh college football in passing yards at that point i think yeah one of my favorite boilermakers jared Cinnador. who Yep, that's not his first name, is it? No, it's not. That is not his first name. Yeah, I love him. Big fan. Can't remember his first name. But Elijah. Elijah Jared. He, he, uh, he finished out the finished out a season with a torn ACL. Where did yes. I get Jared? Uh, Jared Sparks, who was a sure. quarterback who yep. turned into a that's wide exactly, receiver. You're right. For yeah, yeah, that's exactly where I got. It. But who, uh, who who's Wisconsin Richard is um. So Braylon Allen is coming back. Yeah. That's the big name. So, you know, I know we're big, big fans of Devin Mockaby. And honestly, if I had my pick, I'd still take him just because he's our guy. But, you know, you know, there's controversy on, I think it was Big Banter put out a top returning running backs and either didn't have Mockaby on there. He was like eighth or something. But, you know, Braylon, Braylon Allen, he's projected to actually be a, a top a first round pick in the NFL draft, which if you follow NFL football, there's controversy right now over how devalued the running back position is, how they're not getting paid. So for a running back to be projected as a first-round pick means that they're kind of a generational talent. Um, you've also got Blake Corm at Michigan and Catron Allen. So there, there's a lot of good running backs returning in, in this league. But, yeah, Wisconsin's definitely – it seems like they're still going to be that pound-the-rock team. But the biggest addition they have coming in this year is Luke Fickle. You know, being being the new head coach, new head man, you know, that's, that's almost a bigger impact than any one transfer is going to have. They got the um, the quarterback too from from SMU. Yeah, yeah. Tanner Mordecai is likely going to be their starter because Graham Mertz uh, went off to Florida. Um, they also brought in uh, Nick Still Evers from Oklahoma and Braden Locke from Mississippi State. But again, Tanner Mordecai is supposed to be the starter. Uh, they bring back their top three receivers, and they also brought in three um, pretty decent transfers. So their passing weapons will be pretty stocked full as well. Um, they did lose some defensive pieces, including two to uh, Mr. Frank's uh, favorite NFL team there, um, which Pittsburgh uh, Steelers, they're big ten, big fans of the Big Ten apparently because they every draft pick other than two guys from some team down in Georgia, like the Bulldogs or something, some team down there, I've never heard of them. Never but heard uh, of. every other pick was from the Big Ten. Um, so yeah, that was, was uh, kind of interesting. Joey Porter Jr. first. That yep. Was, yep. One yeah. Penn State guy, two Wisconsin trice and then a offensive lineman from like maryland i think so yeah yeah and i uh i mean i'll 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 still have nightmares about joey porter jr against purdue but yeah we just kept throwing to him i didn't i didn't get it i didn't get it just you know didn't make sense to me just kept kept throwing his direction so one interesting thing uh when i did some research i looked up uh i was looking at an article on collegefootballnews.com about wisconsin going into the season and just kind of recapping what they've done last year and recently um, they had an interesting phrasing about Wisconsin and how they've done over the last decade um, or close to decade. So they said Wisconsin has, quote, earned the distinction of being the winningest F- FBS team in the last nine years to not make a college football playoff game. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'd ever describe that as a distinction, like, yeah, hey, we're the best team to not make the playoff. Like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. I mean, well, it's just like Purdue always gets thrown into that lot of like best team, best college basketball team to never win the national championship. Yeah, I think it's like them and Oklahoma are right up there 
maybe kind of going back and forth for yeah. teams that have won the most tournament games without winning a, a championship. So, so, um, um, sorry, go ahead, Russ. No, I was just going to say, I think, uh, you know, Wisconsin is definitely of these first four games, the one that I'm most nervous about, not just because of the history, but, you know, they are very talented. Um, they bring in a, a pretty high profile head coach, um, Luke Fickle, you know, obviously high state to Cincinnati had a lot of success at Cincinnati. Um, and now, you know, into the big 10 with Wisconsin and, you know, brought in some, some decent transfers. Um, I feel like it's kind of a situation that, um, you know, kind of no disrespect to our roster because we did lose a lot of guys to the NFL, but Wisconsin's a little better stocked. And then he also brought in some transfers that, that are, are pretty well known. So um, I'm definitely nervous about the Wisconsin game, but um, I just want to remind everybody of how last year started and how kind of gloom and doom it was. But we lost to both of these teams that we're talking about today, Syracuse and Wisconsin, and we ended up in the Big Ten championship game. So just keep everything in perspective. Keep yeah, everything just in perspective. chill the hell yeah. out. When Wisconsin finished six and six last season, too. I mean, it just yep. Because I, I remember feeling really good about our chances of beating Wisconsin because they they looked yeah, vulnerable. Um, mm -hmm. But I really feel like Purdue beat Purdue in that game. It, it wasn't Wisconsin beating Purdue, and I mean no disrespect to Wisconsin when I say that. It just mm. we made a bunch of sloppy mistakes uh, <laughs> that we wouldn't normally make. Um, yeah. yeah, you know they they lost they they got yeah that's right they they got just like blown out by Illinois. Yeah, like I said, they, they had one red zone trip. So it wasn't like they marched up and down the field on us and had their way with us. Like we just didn't make the big plays when we needed to and made bad mistakes at bad times. So so while we were talking about the Wisconsin game, somebody did uh, comment on uh, our live post here on Twitter and said, uh, this is from Alan Pogue. Uh, Alan says, Purdue must beat Wisconsin in football. The next game should be considered a must win in all caps. Um, he says it's equal to the IU game. I agree. I, I, I honestly agree. Like the that's a lot of pressure to put on a first year coach. Yeah, that's that's the one caveat I'd say is the first year coach. It's yeah. it's a little tough to say must win, but yeah, they're definitely. I would almost rather beat them than IU right now for sure. Yeah, and 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 I, I definitely think from the players' perspective too, like that's a game you have to want. You know, I mean, like I. I I'll never forget Rayfield Davis like hyping up the the student section before the 2016 Michigan State game, which I know I've said is my favorite, like the best game I've ever seen in Mackey. But he was like, I've never beaten Michigan State. You know, this is my last time playing them. Like, let's do it tonight. And uh, like the players should have that mentality. Obviously, it takes a lot more than that to win. But like I if I were a player, I would have that mentality. I think that's what I'm what I'm meaning to say. Not that I should, not that the players should think anything about any specific game, but if I were a player, I would have that mentality for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be a big game on the schedule. I mean, having beat Wisconsin in 19 years, um, you know, they're always the thorn in our side. I thought the first time we were going to beat them in a long time was what was that a few years ago where we went to like triple overtime with them at, at Ross Aid. Ron Dillmore had the most beautiful juked them like the spin move he spun them out of their shoes oh my god i remember thing i remember like out loud saying did i just what did it what was that like, oh, what god. did i just see like my eyes couldn't believe <laughs> i was waiting I for saw. that damon i was waiting for yeah. it <laughs> yeah. and so i mean again like the one the one positive thing when i look at wisconsin's schedule from last year again it's college sports there's a lot of variance here but you know they scored they scored only 10 points against illinois whose defensive coordinator was our head coach now. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I know he he did a lot of like creative, creative things in the last couple of seasons at Illinois, like putting five guys on the line. 
I don't know if we see something like that uh, again, you know, again, against Wisconsin. But um, one thing I know is that Wisconsin's not going to know what to expect necessarily. Um, and uh, neither do I. Well, I mean, by that time, though, that's already four games into the season. They might have a little bit of an idea by then. But I, I almost said earlier when we were talking about Syracuse and we're talking about the pieces that we lost defensively that I think having a defensive-minded head coach that is obviously bringing in a lot of transfers and trying to just kind of stock us with depth that might not be the big four or five-star guys, but having the scheme is almost more important on defense than kind of who's in the game, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, if you can, if you can put together a scheme to put the guys in the right spot to make the plays, you know, and you don't get guys in one-on-one situations, what seems like we've always had in years past, like struggling with man coverage, struggling with trying to make the open field tackle. But um, it seemed like at Illinois, which is not a football juggernaut, you know, sorry, not not trying to be offensive there, but, no, I don't think you know, he, to, yeah, for him to, to turn that into a top five national defense and put guys, what he put four guys in the draft this year, including like three guys in the first three rounds, you yeah. know, that, that says a lot about how he can scheme defenses and how he can put guys in the right spot. So I, I feel pretty confident about our defense. The offense is the big question mark. I think Witherspoon yeah. was a top five pick, and he came out of high school, I don't think, with any stars or just like one or two. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, this year is just so like, I'm excited. I, I was looking over the roster. I forgot about a couple of the guys that he's brought in because we brought in so many. I mean, we've got the four-star cornerback. That was an Ole Miss commit, Braxton Myers. Uh, we've got the – I think he was the safety in Arkansas, maybe. Um, he's going to be here. I don't remember if it was a safety. It was some defensive position. Uh, guy from Arkansas. Uh, we've got Jeffrey Embaugh from uh, Auburn. We've got – Was it Marcus um, Wilson? Was he the guy from Arkansas? Marcus Wilson. He, Marquise Wilson, he was from Penn State. Penn State, that's right. Okay. Um, so, I don't know. I mean – yeah, this whole season is just, I don't know. Um, I just hope that every Purdue fan has some sense in their brain to not freak out and jump ship and say, oh, I knew we shouldn't have hired this young fella if, we don't, if we're not beating Fresno State 45 to nothing by halftime. That's going to happen. So where, where do you guys uh, think we're that. at? Since, since we're a third away in the season, we're four games in. Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily think it's easy to make point predictions on games because we don't know what – you know, not to get all frank on y'all, but we don't know what the pace of play is going to be like. We don't know what the run pass mix is going to be like. We don't yeah. necessarily know what the offense is going to look like. And, you know, are we sustaining drives? Or are we going three and out a lot? So it's kind of hard to, to, to judge that. But as far as wins and losses go, you know, where do you think we're going to be looking at four games in? And what would you be like happy with? Like, what would you be like? Okay. You know, I can, I can see the future is going to be good. Where do you guys so think? After four games? Yeah. Um, I would be content. Uh, I would think at honestly, at worst, I would think it's like two and two. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, um, so I am going to, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I, I'm predicting two and two, and at two and two, I'm still feeling good about the season and, and what oh, we yeah. have. I yeah, mean, yeah, for sure, absolutely. It just like like Syri- like Syracuse. Syracuse is probably a fifty fifty game. We have no idea what to expect from Virginia Tech. We have no idea what we're going to get from Fresno State, as we talked about last week. And and we have no idea. I mean, there's so many unknowns about our own team. You know, what sort of mm-hmm. defensive scheme are we going to see? Who's going to start? I mean, like, we, we have had so many guys come in, so many guys leave. Like, who, who's going to be on the – I mean, we just – there's – I will say that 
something that makes me feel really good about this team, and this could totally just be for show and, you know, just a really good thing to say um, in front of a camera. But, you know, you watch that. I don't know if you guys watched that video of like episode one of like becoming a Boilermaker that they just posted recently uh, for, for, the, for the football program. And it was guys was like talk about that. Yeah. Marcus and Bo and, um, you know, other guys talking and, to and Patrick and Jenkins. Yeah. Talking to, uh, you know, these new transfers about like, hey, what made you want to come to Purdue? Um, and I remember, I don't remember who it was. It was like the very last line uh, in one of the interviews. It was like, if everybody's playing at their best, who's to say, you know, who's, you know, I can't remember what it was exactly. Something about like, how can I, we lose if everybody's playing at their best or something like exactly. that? I was, yeah. I was ready to run through a brick wall already. Um, so it seems like the team at least, and, and again, that could just be here, uh, you know, words being said, you know, it, it could just be, you know, for the camera, but it seems like the team and the new guys coming in, seeing this team for the first time are seeing a team that is ready to go out there and play and kick some ass. So um, the one thing that, the one thing that stuck out to me in that video was, we, we went to the Big Ten Championship last year. We didn't come away with a win. Now we're ready to go back and come away with a win. Uh, you guys are stealing my thunder. That's where I was going with this, man. <laughs> okay, well, Russ, what's your prediction? We didn't we didn't hear from you. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm with you with you guys as far as what you've said so far. That I think, you know, two and two, I'd, you know, I, I'd be okay with. You know, I, I, I can see, you know, Syracuse and Wisconsin being, being struggling games and, and possibly losses. And then if you're talking about those being losses, you know, I could see Virginia Tech being a tough game. And then Fresno State's the first game of the new era. So, you know, I don't know what our record is with new coaches and and their, uh, you know, opening their careers, their first season with Purdue, what our record is. But, um, you know, I, worst case scenario, I could see a one and three, but still feel kind of good about the pieces we have. But, uh, uh, yeah, like you guys said, uh, that video was very motivational. Um, it was – so Marcus Embo was interviewing – um defensive lineman Jeffrey Emba. So Embo and Emba. That wasn't confusing at all. Um Tyrone Tracy was talking to incoming receiver Jamal Edrine. And then uh Corday Sidor was talking to uh Marquise Wilson. Um and yeah they got to that part. My favorite part was not the Coach Walt nickname that I know Dylan liked. But uh when they asked him they asked all three of them, you know, what are your expectations? And you guys brought up earlier how big of a game that Ohio State game was and getting guys like Sanusi Kane to go, hey, like, I want to go to Purdue because they're on my map now. But we, I think we're in our minds separating last year from this year and, and kind of rightfully so because it's a new head, you know, head coach, new era. But, uh, you know, it, it's still connected. A lot of the same guys are coming back and these guys that are incoming are looking at that and going, hey, you went to the Big Ten Championship game last year. We're going to go again this year and win it. And, and then whatever happens after that is going to take care of itself. So, yeah, these guys want to win it all. These guys are not coming in as a rebuild. They're not coming in because it's a new head coach going, hey, the first year's a throwaway. They're coming in wanting to win it all. They want to go back to Indy and take home the trophy this time. So, um, yeah, I, I predict 4-0. I, I really am very optimistic. I think Syracuse was a fluke last year. I think Wisconsin was just a couple bad big plays. And I think having a defensive-minded head coach that – they can hopefully put a stop to those big plays. And we have, you know, a decent O-line, I think, depth-wise. We got Maccabi coming in with a full offseason, knowing he's the RB1. Like, I, I am very motivated for these first four games, and I think it could work out well. But again, like I said, we lost to Syracuse in Wisconsin last year, and we still went to the Big Ten Championship game. So 
Don't yeah. freak out after four games again this year. Don't do it because we started two and two last year. Got to Indy. Well, no, I, uh, I I think those are all really good points, Russ. Uh, I, I'm I think I think two and two is is the low end, um, and I, I want to be optimistic and say you know say four and zero. Uh, but I I'll say I admire. I admire your optimism. Uh, we did get uh, Pipe, you know, who chimed in and said we should be thrilled with two and two. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I welcome all opinions, definitely. Uh, and, and Nick Burris uh, yeah, said, what's up, Frank? What's well, up, Frank's, Nick? Uh, Frank's yeah. fan club is here. Yeah, wow. Frank's there. Nick, uh, you mean, how do you good, not love man? the big brain? Looking good, Nick. Looking real good, man. The big brain fan club. The Brainiacs. Ooh, there you Ooh, go. Ooh, there you go. Look at you. They could all like, um, like in uh, so not to show my nerd side here, but like in wrestling, uh, like usually when a, a wrestler is kind of getting over whatever, the fans in the crowd will have like a sign that'll be something that they say or something they're known for, or whatever. Except for this time, instead of it being a piece of paper, it'll just be people holding up like a picture of a brain, and it'll just say like brainiacs. <laughs> if we ever do like a game day setup, there'd be a lot of those. I didn't know. Um, I don't know. There was an association with nerds and, and wrestling. That's like that's not the type of people who I associate with wrestling typically. I mess with wrestling. A little Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's more of that flavor, yeah. What? Nick Nick Burris coming in with with some with some hot takes. Yeah, nine games would be. I mean, I well, and and uh, Nick you're, Nick, I I agree that that the the beginning of the season is really the like really where it matters most. Um, like we don't we don't have any easy games. I mean, we we go right into Fresno State, which is like- Northwestern might be easy. <laughs> that is so loud! Holy crap! Yeah, yeah that uh, forgot about like- that one. Forgot about that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, home against Indiana. Come on now, like that's. Oh yeah, that's a win. Oh. Yeah. That's going to come back to bite me in the ass, right? I guess what I'm saying is that there are no like ramp up games. You know, you usually have like. Like last year, we have Indiana State, right? So we we don't we don't have anything like that to like that game was so wild. Run. Yeah. It was so hot there, dude. I was, you were at that game, right, Dylan? No, actually, that was the one game I missed last year. Dude, it was so hot that day. Uh, we took. I remember my so my wife. Uh, um, when she was in high school, long story short, she became really good friends with one of the German foreign exchange students that her family hosted, and so she ended up coming back to visit last summer, and we took her to a Purdue game. And uh, what did she say? She was talking about how like hot it was. And it was so funny to like, she was so excited to watch Purdue play Indiana state and just beat the living crap out of them, which is like <laughs> funny. Cause a lot of us, we probably were watching the game. We're like at, you know, third quarter halftime, we're like bored just because it's, you know, at that point, how uh, could you be just, when uh, shout was up, you know, when shout was going on, <laughs> dude, she loved shout too. I shouldn't say that out loud, but she did. She loved it. She was like, no, oh, this is so fun. It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what she <laughs> She's like, this is a lot of, and the, and the crowd, they pretty much left. Everyone was like, all right, this game's over. Let's go drink. And she's still loving Shout. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. But there's <clears throat> enthusiasm. Is Spe- speaking of, too, just we're talking about like, you know, the, the songs and, and things that stadiums are known for. Uh, the follow up on last episode, we're talking about Virginia Tech and whether. Uh, Enter Sandman is going to be crazy or not. Look up their games last year. Like, because most of the Virginia Tech games, you can look up and go, hey, Virginia Tech, Boston College, 2022, Enter Sandman. And they had some noon games last year, especially late in the season where they were like two and four, two and five. And Enter Sandman was still 
jumping. So I think it's going to be a great atmosphere still to yeah, play ball game. Here. That's going to be a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun. I think this whole year is going to going to be fun. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that this is for anybody that's made a comparison to Coach Walters and like Daryl Daryl Hazel because I know that was a big thing. Like right when he was first hired, I think that's a a total joke. Um, I think that Coach Walters is a totally different person than Coach Hazel. Uh, not because of the fact that he is, but just their philosophies, their styles are so different. I mean, remember when we talked to Markel Jones, uh, <clears throat> when we talked to Markel Jones on the uh, podcast last year, he talked about how, I don't know what other word to use besides boring. Coach Hazel was like no music in the locker rooms, no like oh, yeah. chit chat, just like very, like very serious, very get like locked in or whatever. He didn't want people to listen to music or our anything. friend Chuck who brought that. Yeah, that was Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? that was was, he, going, a, was he going relentless? Or Chuck, who was talking about that. Be Hazel's probably. was one brick high. I could have swore Markel talked about how like boring Hazel was. They probably but, both said it. Well, mean, I, right. Chuck, how boring the guy was. Chuck, our, our, our Chuck friend of the podcast, talked about the uh, like kind of the dichotomy between Hazel and Hope, and that, you know, Hazel was like, you know, music playing in the locker room, kind of, or I'm sorry, Hope was the music playing in the locker room guy, you know, would grab your helmet, yell in your face, get you hyped up. And, you know, uh, Hazel comes in and is like, no, yeah, he had, had a very business-like approach, no music in the locker room. Which college you know how, gets uh, I mean, they really respond well to that. You know how, uh, I think one of Coach Brom's most iconic, like, pregame speech videos, probably the one where he threw the chair right before yep. Michigan uh, in, like, 2018 or something. Hammer down, um, they hammer down again. They hammer, yeah, yeah. yeah. You probably I could said see. It twice uh, I hope but... Coach Walters starts a tradition, tradition of like you know Bill's Mafia style, where he just like jumps off of a chair onto like breaks a table before I'll every game. It. Like uh, get be... blitz here. Oh, did you not a... see his foot was already in like an air cast or something like that? Like he's already. Dude, leave you guys already leave the up, table like... jumping to us. <laughs> we will do that. Like get blitz asked if we have a tailgate location. Yeah, uh, I'm in H lot, so I mean. I'll meet us there. I don't know. Yeah, but you won't be in H lot. You'll be by the rowdy statue. You'll be fine. Yeah, in rowdy, yeah. So. Wherever the rowdy statue yeah. is, that's where we'll meet. We'll light candles. We need to get Dylan we'll like a... a big magnifying glass. And <laughs> response to that officially get blitz is no. Uh, Dylan's Dylan's at, at all the games, uh, but definitely stay tuned here, and we'll be we'll be updating as those things. Uh, I'll hang out. As those with things anybody. progress, and yeah, Dylan will hang out with anybody. Probably just be you, me, you and me get blitz, but we'll do it. Speaking of getting blitz, make sure to get your Cincy Blitz board. Ooh, uh, they're high quality, yeah. high quality blitz boards. You can DM them on Twitter. Uh, extremely responsive, extremely, extremely cool dudes. Boilermaker well, owned. Yeah, got to get your Cincy Blitz board. They live close to me, so they're gonna deliver mine. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the blitz board that I posted on Twitter, I thought it was the finished product. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Uh, apparently, it wasn't. And they've got uh, they they added uh, rail railroad tracks to yeah. gold railroad tracks, and Ooh. it looks amazing. It looks so so uh, once we get another picture of that, or if I find that picture, I'll post it again because it looks awesome. It's like what everybody dreams Ross Aid Stadium would look like twenty four seven. Like when they put the train the train tracks around the the perimeter of the field. Like that's that board looks amazing. It's so good. I'm so excited to get it. Get ready tomorrow, there, Dylan. Yeah. Ooh. Hopefully, you're get your dice ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just awesome. Well, I just sorry, noticed that was from Blitzboard. <laughs> I'm <laughs> such an idiot. I just realized that that's I'm who the that old is. One. That's awesome, actually, because I used the name to segue into like. Yeah, I game. still didn't get it. I still didn't realize that's who that was. Jesus. <laughs> 
Hashtag yeah, well, always blitzed. Dylan's said, always I worked blitzed. in the heat all day. All right, leave me alone. <laughs> I filled up propane tanks. I did. And I See, delivered them all day. Y'all, we talked about this in our, our uh, group thread, actually. I think Dylan just pushes his old insecurities onto me because he. I'm, I may be older, but he's the one that acts way older. I spend too much time with rest. That's what that is. Starting to get senile. Dylan's like, "Hey, don't you guys think it's funny when you like forget stuff all the time and none of us say anything?" And he's like, "Yeah, Russ." <laughs> that time I forgot, uh, I forgot to even turn on my microphone for an entire podcast. That is true. That he follows happen. up like five times on whether we have a certain guest on the show or not, even though he's already been told. Just, and then I ask, like, "Hey, what's the topics for tomorrow?" No, damn well, I'm not going to prepare. I mean, like, or like. Or like tonight, like 20 minutes for the podcast. Hey, we're still going live tonight. Because right? <laughs> I just realized what time it was. And I was like, oh, shoot, it's Tuesday. Or even yesterday, I messaged, I messaged the group channel. I was like, I, I thought it was Tuesday. I thought we were doing a podcast tonight. And it was Monday night. Yeah. Maybe. <sighs> I mean, I, retra- I apologize. And I retract every old joke I've made against Russ. No, you don't. No, you I'm don't. not going to yeah, stop. Say, but I yeah, apologize. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> I found They're the not source. We found the reason but anyway guys we'll go ahead and wrap it up here uh because we have hit that hour mark so i uh, just want to say a huge shout out to everybody that stayed tuned in listen we really appreciate it um big shout outs again to our partners at uh big banter um check them out for all your big 10 needs for every team uh this upcoming fall and into uh you know other sports as well basketball and, and everything else uh, as that as time uh, as that comes up um, so big shout out to Big Banner is also and also big shout out to Cincy Blitzboards. Uh, you can find them at Blitzboards on Twitter. Uh, get yours today. Have a lot of fun. It's a great tailgate game. It's a great uh, party game um, that all your friends and family will love. And you can get any school. I don't know why you'd get any school other than Purdue, but you can get any school um, put on a Blitzboard. Uh, and they do a fantastic job with it as well. So big shout out to our sponsors at Blitzboard. And um, thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next week and uh, boiler up, hammer down.